everyone, and welcome to Oh! A Podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games, brought to you by O-Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of O-Rock. I'm Michael Gray, a professional babysitter. How's it going, Michael? Um, fine. Uh, the babies, babies are screaming today. Oh. I don't but, have um, the babies I... right now, though, so that's good. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm glad you're doing the responsible thing and recording a podcast. <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, yep, sorry about this. I'm checking all my backup files for... Not a problem. Uh, how often do we make backup files for all of our video game work? Oh, I'm happy to answer that. Um, I have multiple uh, cloud backups set up on my computer, so I have one through... Uh, I want to say it's Mosey. It's a free one where you get just like a gig, I think. So I have it set to back up all of the active projects I have twice a day. And then I also have an account with iDrive uh, where I have, I think it's a terabyte of data. And that backs up basically my entire computer uh, once a day. Wow. So I'm, oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. Just checking right now. It looks like I've got a backup of my Sherlock Holmes game. And... Uh... Who am I? The Let's Play Disaster, the the one that I sent to you, which is interesting because you sent me one just today. Yeah, good, great timing, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean I've got the the copy of the file from September fifth, two thousand sixteen, so it's kind of updated. I really need to, yeah. to make a more modern backup. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting timing. Yeah, just earlier today, uh, like a couple of hours before we started recording, I finished programming the. Uh, the first run through of who am i the let's play disaster um it, this is always a fun milestone where the game's finally playable from start to finish for the very first time um and it's there it's it's basically all just menus and stuff from this point on that's left to code so that's cool gosh you know trying to go through my files to see if i have any movie file backups but i i don't remember how to look for that so oh. <laughs> so uh let's talk about a couple of things um absolutely Let's see. Uh, what do you want? Do you want to talk about uh, Awkward Steve? Oh yeah, sure. I'd love to. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, yeah, Awkward Steve. It's finally finished. It's coming out next month. Actually, this might be a podcast exclusive. Um, I haven't uh, said what the release date is on Twitter yet, or sent out any press releases or anything. But uh, July thirteenth, the Awkward Steve duology. It's happening. So that's exciting. Um, I was getting all set to uh, do like the whole press blast thing, you know, send out my press releases, put up my trailer, all the kind of boring stuff, at least for me, that you have to do right before a game comes out. Uh, and then I realized it's E3 week, <laughs> and no one's going to talk about my weird little indie game <laughs> during E3 week, especially if said game is not being showcased at E3, which for some reason it isn't. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I I understand. It's uh, <laughs> what, should we talk about E three week or no? I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I, I watch I watched the Nintendo presentation. That's about it. Yeah, I didn't really watch it. Apparently, there's some game with Nazis, and then that just triggered a bunch of people making mean political comments toward each other. Oh. And I'm like, well, <laughs> now I don't want to play that game. <laughs> Was was there really a good chance you were going to play Wolfenstein too? Mm, uh, it's a no, no, no. It's a Super Nintendo game, wasn't it? The original, um, uh, kind of. The original was ported to Super Nintendo, but it was originally on, I want to say, DOS or possibly really old Windows. Oh, okay. Well, in any case, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of it. I've only yeah. got like. I a mean, 3DS. it's a, it's a game. It's a game, really, really old school series, inherently about shooting Nazis. That's the whole premise of the game. What about zombie Nazis? <laughs> no zombie Nazis. Um, actually, there might be. <laughs> There's robot Nazis. How about that? That's oh, okay. We'll go with that. Yeah, it's a highly realistic game. In the first, uh, I want to say the original one, but eh, it's complicated. In um, in one of the older ones, you fight uh, Robo Hitler at the end. <laughs> so that's a thing that happens. Highly realistic was how you described this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm super pumped to uh to finally get the Awkward Steve game out the door. This, like I said, it's the Awkward Steve duology. It consists of both the original Awkward Steve game that I released a few released a few years ago, and the new one, the sequel that I've been working on that has never been released ever. It's a brand new game, um, and I wanted to kind of bundle them together and release them like that on Steam. Uh, I've been working on this the second one for 
a while now. <laughs> I mean, it's like the original one. It's all basically filmed in the apartment I was living in at the time. And to give you an idea of how long I've been working on it, um, by the time I will release it, it will be two apartments ago. <laughs> I'm not expecting it to be a big seller. Um, the first game was only released on Itch.io, so it was never going to sell a lot of money. But, you know, it's such a it's such a weird game, black and white, FMV game, indie. All, all, all these taglines that don't really mean uh, financial success, but we're going to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sad, but true, I guess. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, I mean, that's something to look forward to from O'Rock Studio. I like the yes. first game. Uh, oh, thank you. I- did a walkthrough for it. I'm not sure if anybody watched it, but <laughs> I, I actually I just uh, checked it again recently to read the comments, and one of them was like, "This is weird. I don't like this. This is not fun." <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, I'm not going to disagree. It's it's certainly not a game for. I guess I haven't really even done a very good job of explaining it. Um, I guess I can go into that briefly. Um, the first game uh, it's called A Stranger Comes Calling, and like I said, it's this like black and white, uh, kind of like an interactive like art film almost you watch a little movie clip and then you you, you're given a couple of choices about where you want the movie to go from there so uh, (laughs) this one's about a guy uh, working from home when the doorbell suddenly rings and he has no idea he's not expecting anyone and the entire game is basically about lowering his anxiety to the point where he can open the door it's a comedy game if you can't tell (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and the uh the second one is called don't turn your back on the ocean, and it's a game about getting locked in the bathroom uh, while your roommate's throwing a wild party in your apartment. I, I, I encourage anyone who's listening to this to go check uh, check the Awkward Steve games out. Uh, check out Michael's playthrough if you're interested. I'm really doing a very bad job of selling it because I'm not a salesman. <laughs> I, can't, I can barely describe the things I'm working on. So Yeah, that's uh, something, I mean, my wife said uh, about artists. It's like, to be a successful artist, you also have to be a really good salesman. Yeah. <laughs> like, you really have to be going out and promoting yourself uh, to make a living or just be super duper talented and everybody loves you. Yeah. Well, I'm not either of those, but I'm trying. <laughs> or or have a sugar daddy spouse who will pay. But, I mean, that's not just art. That's like, you know, you've got one spouse that makes a bunch of money and then the other spouse has a hobby job, which loses a ton of money and they, they sort of balance each other out. Um, speaking of money... Um, did you hear, have you heard the news about Steam Greenlight? Let's talk about it. I'll pretend I haven't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's not good news. It's not great news. Oh, oh, okay, never mind. Let's not talk, let's talk about something else. Uh. (laughs) No, let's, let's get into it briefly. Um, so Steam Greenlight is dead as of today, uh, June 13th, 2017. Oh gosh, oh, oh, okay. I, I thought you were, I'm like two updates ago. I'm like your, uh, your apartments and... (laughs) <laughs> sorry um yes uh today r.i.p steam Greenlight. it is officially gone uh and valve has announced what the replacement is it's called steam direct uh with steam Greenlight, you would post your game and people would vote on whether or not they want to see it on steam and if it got enough votes it would be released and that's it but with a new system uh you pay the developer pays a fee per game they want to release and then it's released that's it uh so the fee for Steam Direct, mm-hmm. $100 per game, which is not nearly as bad as people were saying it was going to be. So how many copies of My Nigerian Prince is that? Yeah, see, that's the thing. A <laughs> hundred. Okay, yeah. So so it's, it's $100 per game, um, but it's a recoupable fee. Uh, and what they mean by that is, once you have sold $1,000 worth of your game, you get your $100 back. I mean, so that's something like $100 is the lowest that they said this fee was going to be, right? Like, they said it could be from $100 to $5,000 or whatever. And if it was in that upper end, like, that's it. Oh, Rock Studios would have been out of business. Because like, it was, was like $5,000. It's recoupable, but... You have- yeah, like exactly. Like, Sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that would have been complete nonsense, and we would have been totally done. So, a uh, hundred dollars. You know, I'm not happy about it, but I think we can deal with it, especially for the right projects. Uh, it might make me slash O Rock slash whatever 
a little choosier about projects to take on, but uh, it's not like an unbearable cost. Yeah, and hopefully we get more and more popular as time goes on. And Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'll put it this way. Uh, Cap, with Cat President, we would have recouped that cost pretty quickly and pretty easily. Uh, we, we, Cat President made $1,000 very quickly. So there's that. The other news regarding Steam Greenlight is that, as I said, as of today, it's closed. Today was the day when they made their final determinations about what games would be passed through the Greenlight system. And sadly, neither Pizza Boy nor the Francie Drew and Friends collection made it. Sadness. Yeah. Sadness, you know, not totally unexpected. We weren't getting the votes I would have liked to see, so that's fine. So those are two of the games that we would have to pay that $100 fee to release instead of uh, it being free, which is what it would have been if they were released under green light. Hmm. Okay. So that's the update uh, for that. <laughs> we'll figure out uh, when the games are closer to release, you know, exactly what we're going to do with those things. Yeah, so let's go with, uh, I mean, going back to Awkward Steve 2. Have you figured out yes. what it's going to be released on? Oh, yeah. So the Awkward Steve duology uh, is going to be released on both Steam and itch.io. It passed through Greenlight like a year ago. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, we should have put our <laughs> games up a year ago. <laughs> I know. Well, we hadn't, I mean... I, I put them up, like, as soon as I can, right? It, it was, like, the day that they announced that Greenlight was getting shut down. I was like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then I rushed to, like, make a trailer and get screenshots and and, and everything. Um, it was it was pretty much as early as we could have gotten them, I think. Well, so we should so. have been, like, the smart developers and basically, like, we've got a game idea. Throw it up by the time we yeah. finish making it. Maybe it'll go through stream. <laughs> they Steam they specifically said that you weren't supposed to do that in the instructions on Greenlight. They were like, if you just have an idea, you can't publish that. You need to have screenshots and and a trailer and all that. Oh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, like that was like with Pizza Boy, right? I, I probably talked about this at the time, but like with Pizza Boy, I hadn't started coding the game yet when they announced that Greenlight was being shut down. So I, I gave myself like a week to make as much of the game as I could. You know, the backgrounds, the characters, pro- coding the dialogue, sound effects, music, everything. And then I made a trailer and took screenshots based on that. And, you know, it wasn't enough, sadly. We tried. So are there uh, different types of trailers? I guess, you know, this is probably something we should talk about when we're getting closer to releasing games. But I've seen like... Yeah. Uh, I think with Nancy Drew games, they generally have two or three trailers, and they're kind of different, I guess. So, like, there's the one which is the preview at the end of the game, and I think they've got a trailer which they generally release, like, a month or two before the actual game comes out, and then maybe a third trailer the day that the game comes out. I think that's how they Mm -hmm. stagger the trailers. Again, I don't don't know. I don't remember. It's been so (laughs) long. (laughs) Yeah, but it's interesting going and seeing some of the... um, some of the trailers, uh, you know, going back and seeing what some of the old Nancy Drew trailers were like, you know, the trailer, which is basically a preview of the next game, which is at the end of this game, and you can kind of tell which trailers were made super duper far in advance and they hadn't done anything, <laughs> any work on the game. I'm looking at you, uh, Trail of the Twister. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've tried so many different things with trailers. Uh, again, that's one of those things that, like, I'm not, like, that inherently talented at making trailers. Like, I try, you know, movie video editing isn't one of my specialties. Um, so I've tried a lot of different things. Like, I've tried super goofy trailers, like, uh, with Life in the Dorms back in the day, where I, like, made this, like, cardboard costume of the main character and wore it on my head and kind of danced around a lot. Um, or the Beard of the Mirror's first trailer, which is, like, me and Lizzo doing kind of goofy vignettes and talking about the game. And, you know, those were okay. They didn't, you know, lead to huge sales for either of those games. And then I've tried, like, the very straightforward trailer, like with uh, Pizza Boy, where it's just, like, clip, like just clips from the game that sort of vaguely say what the story is about. And that also did just fine, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, you just kind of learn and get better at and see what works and what doesn't as, as time goes. Like, I did kind of a goofy trailer for the Francie Drew and Friends game and the Straight Lace trailer for Pizza Boy, and Pizza Boy got more votes. So what I took away from that is the more Straight Lace trailer is what people prefer, like this sort of trailer that just gets at 
what the game is about and shows gameplay and that's it. Yeah, I think um, that's that's a pretty good trailer. I think um Yeah. I'm sure if we looked on TV tropes they'd have a, a you know, a list of different types of trailers. Like yeah. one's the tease trailer and then I think another trailer is like you just described it's just a big scene from the game uninterrupted. Yeah. I think people like those trailers. There's also the trailer where it's like, here are the funniest jokes from, uh, you know, they try to do jokes or try to do all the action scenes. And Sure, sure. I imagine that's yeah. what we see in E3, right? <laughs> Actually, in E3, they did show a trailer that was like absolutely nothing but the game's logo. I saw that one. Oh, that is definitely a trailer people have done. You would, uh, you would like this one, right? Didn't you play? Uh, did you play Metroid Prime back in the day? Was that one of your games? I did a walkthrough for Game Cola for Metroid Fusion on the Game oh, Cola Fusion. YouTube uh, channel, which is the DS. No, not DS. Oh my gosh, it's Game Boy Advance, isn't it? That's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great Metroid game. It was a two D Metroid platformer game for the Game Boy Advance, I believe, and I. I think it's the Game Boy Advance. Anyway, I really liked it, so... Yeah. But yeah, the, so they had a trailer for Metroid Prime 4, I guess? And it was really just, like, they showed the number 4, and then a few seconds later, Metroid Prime. And that was it. Yeah. So, I mean, we could do something like that, but it would be totally meaningless. I guess if it was a a game and a, quote, franchise that we made, like, Cat President 2... And that's the whole the teaser. Cats like we could are do that. Back. Let <laughs> yeah. the fur fly. Oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I've never really done trailers quite like that before, where it's really just like a teaser, as you say, just like a real a, a snippet. Yeah, just let people know, hey, we're making this game, and we're yeah. no, we're, we're not going to show you any ske- scenes from it. We're just showing yeah. you that it's, it exists. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the Metroid game. Oh gosh, I'm totally forgetting the name because I haven't been following ET E3. Sorry, <laughs> that's a different video game, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's not not a good one. Yeah. So, uh, no, they're they're making a, a Metroid game for the 3DS, which is basically a remake of the the Metroid Two, which is the original Metroid game for the Game Boy. Yeah, which I think is okay. I know Metroid Zero Mission, which is for the Game Boy Advance. Um, that was a remake of the original Metroid for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and people greatly prefer that. That's like their favorite. It's it's like the favorite handheld uh, Metroid game. So I, I think it makes sense that um, you know they're doing another uh, handheld uh, remake because their last one was just went over so well. I have I have almost no experience with the Metroid franchise. Oh, I think I, didn't you listen to Hacks and Slash? I played like a Metroid Prime at like a demo at a store once. I rolled around as a little ball on the screen for a while. I think that's about as far as I that's got. A, that's fun. I played uh, Metroid Other M. I liked it. I thought it was okay. Mm. The story was awful. Oh, isn't that the one everyone Everybody hates because yeah. the story is awful because it's basically all about, uh, you know, our our main character breaks down and cries for guys and oh no strips into a bikini for guys oh, and no. it, it was is basically that <laughs> that's why oh. nobody liked it because it's a series about this you know bounty hunter who goes around killing aliens and stuff like that and so you know she just morphed from really cool superhero to just just kind of crying whiny person and also it did the thing where uh this happens in a lot of uh, series games. How, how do you think games could go about uh, solving this problem where, like, every single game she has to relearn all of her moves, if that makes oh, sense? Gosh, where yeah. it's like, oh, <laughs> she has to learn how to use missiles, and she has to learn how to use super missiles, and how to turn herself into that little curly ball, and then how to drop bombs as the ball, and how to jump as the ball. The way they did that in this uh, Metroid game was... Basically, the commander told her not to use missiles, <laughs> and so she's not, even though she's in a really dangerous situation where she should be using missiles. Or, for example, you know, it's like, don't activate your heat suit until you're halfway through the lava uh, level. And so the challenge is you can't touch the lava or else you'll die, and then when you're like two-thirds or halfway through, eventually he says, you know what, you can turn your heat suit back on now. 
Like, when in reality, you know, the instant she sees lava, she should have activated her heat suit right away. There, there's, like, yeah. no reason for that. I remember Metroid Prime 3, uh, the way they did the tutorial was basically um, start of the game, you know, her ship got attacked, and then they had her in a lab, and they said, hey, we just want to make sure all your suit functions are working, so uh, we're just going to take you through this brief diagnostic, and that was the tutorial. And that was just fine. Yeah, I mean, that sounds perfectly reasonable to me. I guess the key would be if it's a sequel that has, like, the same mechanics down to, like, the same buttons you press. I don't think it was the case, because oh, okay. um, that was Metroid Prime 3, and so uh, I think it's Metroid Prime 3 Echoes, so that was when it jumped from uh, GameCube to Wii. Oh, yeah, okay. Then it would have totally different controls at that point. Okay, so let's talk about artwork for... Um, the um the escape room game yes yeah so we, we were having trouble with the artwork um oh no are you gonna quote my email and make me sound like a jerk no <laughs> i'm not it's basically uh <laughs> i think we had found with the artwork um basically why i'd been doing the artwork as i did all these various items and sent them over to paul like uh here's the bottle of ketchup here's the microwave here's the dresser and uh, here are the blocks, and he, he, he noticed right away, it's like, hey, Michael, these items look so much better. Uh, some of them look a lot better and more detailed than others. And it's like, okay, those are the ones that I took from Pixabay. <laughs> I basically <laughs> took online vector art and changed it a bit. And he said, yeah, those look great. Do more of that. <laughs> and then, hey, I maintain that is the most beautiful ketchup bottle I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. It is great. And then, <laughs> so I started doing that. And then it quickly became apparent that, wait a minute, not all not all free online art is made equal. And so I think there's like a squirrel in a tree and it's like this is a real it's a real life photo of a squirrel next to, a, you know, a vector art of a, you know, like a, a drawn hot dog. And so it's really obvious and they, they don't go together at all in the slightest. Yeah. And so that's kind of a problem and so um i put a call online out to see if there's anybody who could help and i've got like three people and you know i've actually uh let's go over this now i've got like three of them oh come on computer work with me and it's not okay never mind (laughs) okay so let's say the the one person um basically is sort of an expert with photoshop and um you know they said hey here, use transform, I think it's perspective warp, which is not mm-hmm. a feature in the free version of Photoshop that's available online. It's in uh, the more uh, updated, more um, fancy versions of Photoshop. Yeah. No, I've, um, I used that in Cat President uh, a couple of times when I was like adding a photo of a cat to the background of the room. I would have to you know, change the perspective using the transform tool to get it to actually fit there. Oh, wow. Oh, but... Is it? Did you specifically use the perspective tool? Are the um? It was called. It was called transform. Like the overarching tool was transform, and then there were like a few different options for transform after that, like scale and distort. And one of them, I think, was perspective, though I can't say for sure. Okay, I'm bringing up this thing right here. I it think... might be some. It might be a similar idea, though. Yeah, you're right. It is definitely the transform. Okay, so in the uh, you know, the free version of Photoshop. There's transform perspective and transform warp. Okay, yeah. And apparently in modern ones, there's uh, one called perspective warp. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I don't even have that, no. <laughs> sort of does both at the same time. And, uh, you know, I saw two tutorials uh, for it. Um, so the first version is... Uh, the first tutorial I saw was basically for for a building. Like, somebody had taken a picture of a building, and it was kind of at an awkward angle. And so they, you know, instead of having to go back and take another picture of the building, they used Perspective Warp to make the building look more natural, if that makes sense. Sure. And then the second tutorial basically showed um, what you did, is, like, put a cat in the background of a video. <laughs> so uh, basically it's like, here's a picture of a road... Here's an unrelated picture of a car. Here's how I make it look like that car is actually on the road. And, uh, you know, they used Perspective Warp, and uh, they did a bunch of fancy stuff with the tires and shrinking it and transforming it to make it look like a perfect picture, like I was taking a picture of the car while it was on the road rather than me combining two completely unrelated pictures. It was really neat. So 
getting back to the uh, artwork for the escape room game, somebody's like, hey, you should do that for uh, the carpet and the other items, you know, to make it look like they go together. And I said, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Basically, I, I tried, and, uh, okay, the person said, okay, give it to me. And it took them, like, less than a minute to uh, do it and get back to me, and it looks great. Can we, I, can we hire them? <laughs> I think I sent you, uh, did you get that email? Oh, Must- yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't looked at it yet, yeah. Okay, yeah, so so I sent you, I basically sent you two emails. It's like, number one was what I did, which is I figured out how to uh, put shadows in things, because this person gave me, like, three different suggestions in the email. One of them mm-hmm. was perspective warp, uh, and the other was how to do shadows and lighting and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, in order to make the things look more 3D rather than just okay, flat yeah. pixel objects. And so I'm like, hey, okay, that that works. I'm not a huge fan of it, but it works. If that makes sense, uh, I just read, you know, I grew up reading comics, and so I'm used to something like Garfield, where, you know, his skin is the same color, uh, he's got the same color orange fur all over his body, even though in real life, no cat is going to have every single strand of fur be the exact same shade. You know, there's going to be lighting, there's going to be darker, and stuff like that, but I'm just used to, you know, everything all being the whole same color. And th- and that's what we've done in like uh, Francie Drew and all those all the visual novelettes, right? It's basically just you know they use the paint bucket tool and the shirt is one color, the skin tone is one color, etc. Yeah, and so um, I guess that's why I'm sort of fighting using shadows and stuff like that. But that was the mm. first thing they suggested was shadows, and that's also in the email I, I sent you. It's like here are two different um, shadows, I guess shadow versions of the dresser. It's like, here's the dresser normally, here's the dresser with internal shadows, here's it with external shadows, and I think it looks okay, so hopefully that's good. But uh, the person with, with the perspective warp, they actually managed to fix the <laughs> the carpet I did, where um, now it's an actual full carpet, which, you yeah. know, I only drew like half or a quarter of the carpet, right? Because it gets cut off by the edge of the screen, and it, it mm-hmm. gets cut off by two edges of the screen, actually. Left-hand side and the right uh, and the bottom, because it's in the bottom left-hand corner. And so, you know, like, within a minute, they were just able to transform that, and now it's a full circular carpet. And now we've got the rocking horse on top of it, and it looks good. So Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. This definitely is an improvement. It, it definitely, like, I have a better sense of the scale of the room, and and where we, the viewer, are, and how everything is in the room, how it kind of relates to one another spatially. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. So, yeah. I, you know, I'll just send me a message as to which of the two you like or which one I could try to build on. Because the person did two. It's like, okay, here's me fixing up the room, and then here's how I would suggest changing it. Because they wanted to have a, an actual... Uh, Apparently, um, people who are good at Photoshop just kind of roll their eyes when you've got the background, which is just a pink color or a gradient color. They're like, no, you need a textured background. Thank you. Oh. I actually saw a pixel art tutorial about it. <laughs> I briefly tried uh, actually opening one of the older versions of this background in Photoshop and adding a texture to it myself. Uh, I couldn't figure it out. It looked terrible. So I did not send it to you. Oh, I've got plenty of textures. I've still got like dozens of old books um from oh, from my college days where i you know was editing ebooks and so um just paper just 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 plain old paper yeah. has its own texture and i like that uh, in my sherlock holmes game that's actually the background um i don't think i've talked about the sherlock holmes game i might have briefly mentioned it but it's mm-hmm. um i originally made it for choice of games which mm-hmm. is uh how would you describe it? Um, they make kind of uh, text games, kind of like choose-your-own-adventure books from back in the day. Uh, visual novels without the visuals, maybe. <laughs> Except a lot longer and a lot more text. Pretty, uh, pretty like they're basically novel length almost. Yeah. So I had uh, done, a, I mean, I tried doing a Sherlock Holmes game for them. Um, you know, I, I wrote it up and tried getting it submitted to them. They sent me a message back saying they're busy, and that was the last time oh. I'd ever heard. But no, I mean, also somebody on their website pointed out there was a big uh, lawsuit going on with Sherlock Holmes at the time that I had submitted it. And so it took yeah. like a year or two before that lawsuit was um, 
cleared up and, you know, Sherlock Holmes is now public domain again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and by that time I had moved on. But basically I had this script, um, and it wasn't too difficult to transfer that into a Renpi, which is the visual novel language, because they, they're sort of the same. It's basically text, if-then, charts, and things like that. You can jump from scene to scene. So the way I kind of faked the visual novel, a uh, faked a text game in visual novel, is um, the background to the game is, uh, like I said, it's a piece of paper. It's an old-style piece of paper. And the text box is the exact same size as the game screen. It's like a visual novel without any visuals. That's that's sort of how yeah. I managed to uh, trick, trick the system <laughs> into accepting it. And occasionally there are pictures. I just took public domain Sherlock Holmes pictures from, uh, you know, one of the early editions of the book, which uh, fit in with the story and, and threw them in. Yeah, and I think at one point this game was available on Itch.io, right? But it, but it, it was taken down? I think it it's still available. Yeah. Oh, is it, or is it still there? Okay, cool. It's still there. We can add it to the Francie and Friends. I mean, <laughs> nobody's bought it in years, so... Oh. I think it only sold, like, three copies. Anyway... Oh yeah, there it is, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Oh man, 64 cents, that's a heck of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was like the cheapest I could get to uh, actually make a profit, isn't it? Because <laughs> Itch.io, how much does yeah. Itch.io charge? Uh, they charge nothing. It's PayPal that takes a cut. Oh, that's right, okay. Yeah. So PayPal's cut is like 15% plus... Uh, yeah. Plus 10 plus cents. Yeah, which kind of which kind of stinks when you're selling a game for sixty four cents because you end up losing like half of it. Yeah, no, I did the math, yeah. and that's exactly um, you know how much I need to charge for the game in order for me to make one cent profit. <laughs> oh man, I love Itchio. I wish more people used it though. Mm-hmm. It's 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 hard to make any money off that. I was I was complaining about Steam stuff on Twitter the other day. And someone responded that uh, I should just go fully itchio, just not even worry about Steam. And I'd love to. I can't make. I can't. I can't buy food for that money. <laughs> I can't pay rent with itchio money. You know. <laughs> I'd love to, but yeah, like I, I, I figured it out before. I forget what the number was, but I was figuring out like how many more times copies we sold of Cat President on Steam versus itchio. And I mean, it was something like thirty or forty times, like. An astronomical number, number more copies. It's just it's 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 a it's a great platform, but it has no user base. It's 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 a crummy situation. Mm, poor Itchio. <laughs> yeah, and they do some really like developer friendly stuff too. Like you can just do sales whenever you want. You can upload and post games whenever you want. There's no like no waiting around for Steam to approve of stuff. And my favorite thing is that your uh, buyers can tip you when they buy a game like i <laughs> one of my friends when they bought uh francie drew back in the day what we were selling it for like you know three dollars or whatever and he paid sixty dollars for it wow yeah that's i think that's where like half of our francie drew sales came from was from him tipping by like fifty dollars <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy yeah so i mean itchio does so many great things like that uh but yeah, I can't can't make a living off of it. Mm-hmm. There's just no people don't like it. People, I mean, people the people who use it like it, but so many more people prefer Steam. Steam is just the default thing when buying computer games now. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. So let's see. I got uh, another person on Twitter. Uh, let me see. They sent me a message. I saw your video. I'm a traditional artist, but I want to help you out with the game art, and that's that's what the person sent. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything? I was thinking, um, I don't know. Let's talk about our art plans for uh, the Escape Room game. As, we, as sure. we've as we mentioned earlier, it's going to be pixel art. Um, for the scenes, are those also going to be pixel art? Because there are a couple scenes where it's just three, I think there are four characters all together, but it's basically three characters talking. Um, the first scene is basically the Escape Room guy introduces the concept that's like, hey, we're going to lock you in this escape room. You have to solve all the puzzles and escape within 30 minutes, and if you do, you win. Um, I guess I hadn't really even thought about what the art, if we would have different art styles for those. Um, We could try to do, like, 
visual novel style cutscenes there and, you know, have fancy background, fancy character art for that section. Um, I would have to figure out how to code that in AGS, but it's probably not impossible <laughs> if we wanted to do something like that anyway. Okay, okay. I mean, if we wanted to do that, I don't know. It's just off the off the dome there. Yeah, we can't uh, like change resolutions or anything uh, midway through the game. Though. <laughs> no, I heard you talking about that on the Game Cola podcast, though. <laughs> like, I want, I want to, I want to do that. It's like, oh, that would have been good for that one adventure game we were kicking around, where like this 1980s style adventure game. You know, and all of a sudden the the resolution super downgrades because they're playing an old computer game. Downgrading is simple. We just don't think of it as changing resolution. Just think of it as worse art, like (laughs) just chunkier, bigger pixels. That that's totally doable without messing with the resolution at all. So that's that's interesting. And then there was I already sent you a picture from this person. Uh, He said he'd like to try to do some of the artwork, and so I sent him. Here, here's a challenge to room number six, which mm-hmm. is basically a table with three items on it. Also mm-hmm. a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quite remember that, but yeah. <laughs> oh. The joys of game development, man, when you but when you get to the point where you're like talking with other people or coding or going like the 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 game development process is so elongated that you forget what you originally were planning by the time you actually get around to implementing it. I know, and I had forgot, I think, I know at one point we worked out, okay, which are the uh, puzzles which are going to be use an item on the screen, or which are going to be the puzzles mm-hmm. of use two items in the inventory, and I hope I have those notes somewhere, because I don't, <laughs> I don't remember Gosh. it. Yeah, um, yeah, so I think you sent me a, a pixel art of a cup of, uh, is this hot chocolate, coffee, something like that? Yeah, hot chocolate, yeah. hot chocolate, because yeah. the puzzle it is... Looks pretty uh, good. Let me see. I think that room has a cup of hot chocolate in it. It has uh, a coffee, uh, you know, a coffee maker machine, which is mm-hmm. one of the longer, more extensive puzzles of the game. And it's also got a bag of marshmallows. And that's an easy one. You, you pick up the, you know, pick up the bag of marshmallows. You get marshmallows in your inventory. You use the marshmallows on the cup of hot chocolate. Now you've got a cup of delicious hot chocolate. <laughs> So I'm looking at it. So one thing um, we would have to think about with this art is that I see it has um, three rows of three pixels of steam coming off of it, and it looks really good. Um, but we would probably want to try to animate that in the game, because otherwise it would look weird if it's just like these static steam things like coming out of, the, out of the cup, you know? I really wanted to try animating something for the game anyway. This sounds yeah. like a good I, thing. This, this, I feel like this would be pretty simple to do. Because it's really just like three waves coming off of a, a yeah, cup of coffee, exactly. just make them like wiggle, and so that yeah. probably wouldn't take more than five or six different um, variations. Yeah. Okay. That's actually something people complained about with the beard in the mirror is that we didn't have enough background animations like that. So maybe that's something we want to try to implement where we can in this game is uh, background animations. Like that. How common are background animations? In that? Uh, apparently more common than I thought, because I didn't really think about it that much when making the beard in the mirror. I, I mean, and when I say people, I think it was like one one dude, like the one person who said negative things about the beard in the mirror. That was what he complained about. Otherwise, everyone kind of liked the game. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, okay. So... And that actually. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, yeah, no, that's basically it. Uh, oh, wait, one more thing. Um, mm-hmm. With the Pizza Delivery Boy game, I know there was supposed to be artwork for it, that. Uh, you know, you, you sent me a copy of the game. Again, something I need to go through and play. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have like three uh, three test builds I need you to play now, three different games, so get on it, man. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> but um, I suppose you want me to do artwork for the uh, the computer screens? Uh, oh, for Pizza Boy, um, or at so least I, just do a mock-up of the computer oh, screen. Cause... So I was going to do something. No, for the um, the computers in Pizza Boy, um, uh, I was actually going to set up my old uh, Gateway 2000, uh, my old very old computer. It's like from 1993, and I was going to take pictures of that and uh, use that for it. I just haven't been able to yet. Um, I'm waiting until we finish moving, uh, until I unpack it and set it up and all. Uh, but I'm go- I'm going to take care of that. Oh, okay. That's- yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah, I was just... I mean, I think my notes are uh, uh, clear enough what what it looks like. It's basically yeah, just yeah, like yeah. three or four yeah. columns, so... Yeah, no, that that's why I just have like the most generic place holder in there right now. It's because I'm specifically planning to change it, so don't worry about that. Yeah, but that was one of the problems with, uh, I, I guess, testing the game was it's like, 
which option do I pick? I can't uh, actually see the information about well, these options because. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, no, but um, I already sent you a question earlier today about how how detailed can uh, the oh yeah introductions introduction scenes get? Because I think I sent you like five or six pictures for the introduction, and um, you know the the introduction as it currently stands has three. <laughs> so it's like, do I really want to be that guy who's like... <laughs> I, I'm not getting rid of the goofy picture we put at the very beginning. You can't make me. I'm keeping it. The one with your eyes closed. I'm not getting rid of it. Okay, yeah, no, there are five <laughs> different pictures I yeah. took which were not used okay. in the introduction. It's like, so I can... I can. Yeah, so you, I, I'm looking at the email. You had asked if um, we can change... Doug's expression partway through a line of dialogue, and that's totally doable. I think I think I figured out how to do that with uh, Francie Drew before, um, so that's fine. So just let let me know what changes to make, and I will take care of that. Yeah, because there, are, I mean, right now we've only got one of them of him smiling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, picturing him smiling through most of the uh, intro. Okay. Yeah. And there, there's him smiling, and then there's I guess I've got two of him smiling, and then one of him like oh just normal talking. Yep. Don't worry about it. Just let me know what specific pictures to slot in there, and I will do it. Okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, so you were going to transition. Oh, wait. Yeah, oh, I man, was I going had, to transition good, something. Oh. Okay, never mind. I'm no, sorry. I'll write down transition. this note to myself to come back to it later. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I was going to shift us over to uh, listener questions, if that's all right. Sure, yeah. And the transition was... Um, uh, going back to what I was saying about the reception for the Beard in the Mirror and people liking it, um, Livy La Vida Loca, uh, who did our trailer for Cat President, by the way, uh, had this question. How has reception for Cat President been, and how does it feel to see people play your game? And I would say reception has been pretty good, <laughs> to be honest. Um, just looking at Steam real quick, we have mostly positive reviews, um, the complaints we tend to get about the game are from people who didn't realize what type of game it was when they bought it, I guess. Like, they bought it without reading the description. <laughs> like, there's there was a really good one on Steam t- that just went up today uh, from someone who was expecting it to be a tycoon game. Like, you know, like a sim game, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I don't know why they thought that. Like, I don't know, how many times do I have to use the phrase visual novel in a game description before people know that's what it is? Like, or like, look at the screenshots or watch the trailer. Like, it's pretty clear, I think, that the game is all text and then you make decisions. It's not a tycoon. Why would you think it's a tycoon game? Like, build your own campaign? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I wish people would figure out what a game is before buying it and then hating it and complaining about it like that it would be i don't know like i don't buy a madden 2017 and then write a review that's like i hated this it was all sports what the heck (laughs) (laughs) it's all sports i know who put all the sports in this game (laughs) oh but yeah, so I mean, that's the those are the sort of negative feedback we get. Um, the people who bought it for what it was seem to like it, and the people who thought it was going to be something else, or who were like, "I bought this game and it was all just text. This is stupid." Like, you know, that's fine. That's if that's not your type of game. There, I, there are plenty of games that aren't my type of game. So you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, te- I don't know. I tend to I tend to notice the negative feedback more. So the other thing I've noticed is. Um, people who are like really into visual novels i think the game doesn't do as well with like hardcore visual novel fans because they expect a different art style like they don't i don't think and we talked about this before i'm sure that they're not looking for photographs they want the anime graphics you know and they were upset that the game looks like this instead of looking like that and oh that's fine <laughs> we should be able to i mean it shouldn't be too difficult to do the anime graphic version of it actually Oh, we could get yeah, yeah. Kelly the bridesmaid in order to uh, do uh, that because that's that's no, sort of the style but, she knows how to draw in. I'm told. Maybe next visual novel we should do that. But I I really like the photographs for this game. I think it really enhanced the overall weirdness, the weird tone that the game has. I think I think that really helped bring that tone out much more than just seeing fancy anime art would have. Um, it was a very specific design choice, and I think it works really well for the game. And the same thing with Pizza Boy. I really like the way the photographs are coming out in that game, too. 
Oh, um, I'm, I'm glad that actually works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it looks cool. Um, maybe it doesn't sell as well as it would if it was anime. So I guess there's that. But um, I also think there's way too many anime visual novels that I think we need to have. I don't think all games have to look exactly the same, is my point. <laughs> anyway, um, so how does it feel, Michael, to see other watch other people playing this game? Honestly, I don't, see wa- other- I don't watch other people playing this <laughs> oh, game. I can't handle it. Uh- it's fun! <laughs> I should do it more often. Yes, I should. It's, it it oh. is fun, but... It's it's like I've I've skimmed so many let's plays. It's gotten to the point where like I have like specific parts of a let's play that I I sit and watch for. Like uh, when Rover is first introduced in the beginning of the game, people usually flip out there. <laughs> it usually gets a big laugh, or uh, or on the character screen where. And I even made a whole video about this. I thought it was so funny. People reacting to uh, Rover's meow on the on the character select screen there. Like all the other car- all the other uh, cats have cat meows, and then Rovers is just a dude going meow. All, all, all with with the newest newest cat president update. Did you change Rovers' pathway so every single time he says meow, I'm a cat? You know, whenever he says that in the, uh, the text box, which he does with some frequency, yeah. that the I I was expecting that. Meow. Oh, that no, voice clip I, would play oh, every time oh. Rover Rover just alleges he's a cat. Oh no! I well because so because I, I did the thing with the game where um, the first time in each chapter that you see the character, it plays that voice clip. So I, I didn't use it for that dual purpose. I just used it for that one thing. That makes sense. Could, anyway, that was an idea yeah. that was in my head when I had yeah. first, uh, oh. you know, when I was writing the <laughs> Sorry, game. No, I I didn't I didn't add that in. Oh well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I find it immensely entertaining to watch people play this game. Um, I'll even sit in on live streams sometimes, like, um, someone was doing a Let's Play, you know, a couple of months ago, and, and I was kind of in the chat room giving behind-the-scenes details while they were playing it, and, and that seemed to go over well. That And that was a lot of fun. That was a really fun, fun evening. <laughs> uh, Alright, so we're running out of time, but we had one more question uh, from Elizabeth Pfeffer, uh, who wants to know, has a game ever made you cry? Has a game ever made you cry? I don't know why I'm singing. Um, yeah, the the latest Nancy Drew game, actually. Really, really, what happened? It was um, character had a tragic backstory, which is, I guess, kind of common in video games, maybe. But um, I don't know. It, it, the tragic backstory is that you know his wife or so died, and um, he he was just. It just made him. He was really sad because his um, no, his wife and daughter died. They both died in a tragic accident, and then oh. it's like, oh no, what would happen if my wife and daughter died? Yeah. And that just that just got to me. I don't know why, because you know I, I'm writing a lot of reviews for uh, Sweet Valley High, and you <laughs> know I you know I just wrote a review about this guy Devin Whitelaw, who's um, and, and clearly his parents just died so he could have a tragic backstory. Because he's basically the bad boy with the tragic past, who you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our our girl hero needs to uh, help break through his shell, and the, it's kind of standard. I'm like, blah. Yeah, I was um, I was trying to think of one for me. Uh, a game made me cry, and I couldn't think of one right away. Um, the closest I could think of was uh, the newest uh, King's Quest game that just uh, wrapped up, the episodic game. Uh, it gets it get, it does some pretty emotional stuff toward the end of the game with uh, Graham, the main character, and uh, getting old, basically, <laughs> and things that happen to people when they get elderly. And uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't fun to play through, but it it, it really hit some spots with me. Hmm. So I wonder, you know, did that like work in the game mechanics? Like now that he's older, he can't hold it as did. many items in his no, inventory. No, it's so much worse than that, Michael. It's so much worse. Okay, quick spoiler, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played the new King's Quest game, specifically the fifth episode. Uh,
they don't come out and say this, but it becomes pretty obvious that he's developing kind of like dementia. <laughs> and this is the main character that you're playing as, Graham, King Graham, the guy who's been, you know, the hero of the series for 20 years. He's, 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 you know, his mind is going and he can't remember things and you're walking around the map, the the game world and like the edges of the the map start going like white and and blurry and you can't see and you can't remember what you're doing or why you're even in this room anymore stuff like that it's it's pretty it's pretty heady it's pretty rough oh man jeez yeah <laughs> well on that note yeah <laughs> yeah no kidding um yes <laughs> i think that about does it uh, for this episode uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argolfump, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Uh, we have a new game coming out next month, as I said, July the 13th, the Awkward Steve Duology, so please check that out. Um, I'll probably be making an official announcement um, either around the time when this podcast hits, or... No, no, probably around the time of this podcast hits. So, so go uh, look into that, please. Uh, I'm telling you, it's much more. It's a, it's, it's better game than I make it out to be. I'm not a salesman, as I said. Um, our theme song is "Dead Monster" by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we would love to hear them. So just email them to podcast at oarock.com. Um, and that's it. Anything you want to add? Uh, thank you for all the support, everybody. Yeah. Alright, bye everyone, go hug your grandparents. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds good. That's also... Gosh. What was I going to say? Um... Weren't you like you, you you posted on Twitter at some point some random uh somebody looking for somebody to write their own video game? It, it was ridiculous. Wait, what what was it that I posted? Oh, I somebody had wanted a, a frat style game where somebody you know shrunk to like two inches long and had to deal with drunken frat boys. Yeah, <laughs> I post a lot on Twitter. <laughs> Someone tweeted a dating sim about fidget spinners, and I'm really mad we didn't make that. Aww. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play it, though. Oh, okay, here it is. Uh, Ghost right, hazing games shrunk by a fraternity yeah. bro. <laughs> this was it. Create an outline for the story. Ghost write a 50,000 word book based on ideas presented in the outline about three freshman guys who were shrunk by their senior fraternity brother as part of a hazing challenge. At one millimeter tall, they will be forced to experience the world around them, including their giant peer in amazing, terrifying <laughs> detail. They must be able to write about the human body, bodily fluids, and bodily Aww. functions. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's up, upwork.com. Um, you s- sometimes find some pretty <laughs> weird stuff on there. <laughs>